Have you or someone you love ever been to certain parts of the Midwest and wondered, hey dear guy, can you borrow me a battery? What in the hell is this guy saying? A what? A battery. A bad tree? No, guy, not a bad tree. I'm talking about a bad tree for the clicker. Has your Midwest friend ever said to you, oh yeah, come on over, maybe uh, bring a beer or a treat. Then he gets mad when you show up with a tree. What in the heck is that? Keep her moving, put her down by the damn port. Introducing the world's first Midwest voice translator and bottle opener. The only device that translates Wisconsinese, Upernese, and Minnesotan into English. Where'd you say you want this again? I just put her down by the Davenport. Place the item by the couch. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode 32 of the Nonsense Podcast. Um, just a few first house cleaning things, I guess, I want to address. So I know this episode came out a little late this morning. Um, that's because I'm away. So I uh, you know, just got a little bit of a late start. But however, this actually ends up working out because it aligns with our guests time zone they're in the midwest they're from minnesota minneapolis minnesota to be specific and uh this episode should be coming out around 9 a.m for them so uh, i'd say that's a pretty decent way to uh start your work day on this friday so if you guys are listening shout out to you and uh enjoy your work day if you do work the nine to five um and second of all for house cleaning items just wanted to say that uh thank you everybody for listening for 32 episodes i love you all you are awesome listeners and um you know engaging with our social media that's pretty sweet and it's cool that i'm able to get in contact with a lot of you people um however we are going to be moving to a, a little bit uh leaner of a schedule for our podcast so it's going to be um twice a month it's going to be bi-monthly and um that's just so that we can make sure that you know when we drop these episodes the guests have you know, enough time so that people can listen to their episode and they don't feel like, um, you know, people have to really catch up. And that's kind of what I was seeing in a lot of our numbers on these podcasts was, um, you know, some of these ones that we are dropping, you know, maybe even biweekly, it, it tended to be a lot. And, you know, an episode, if it was dropped earlier in the week, it wouldn't get, you know, quite as much exposure as another one. And that was the same thing for the months too. And, you know, I feel like people weren't ever, ever able to catch up. You know, 32 episodes is a lot for a podcast this size. So um, we are just going to be moving forward with just a little bit leaner of the schedule just so that our artists can get a little bit more exposure and more listens. Anyways, so now onto the episode. This week we had Errol Walton from ROT. And um, ROT is an acronym. It's R-O-T. I don't know what it stands for, and I regret not asking Harold what it stands for, but uh, maybe he can tell me after this episode. Uh, so Rot is my new favorite band. I will say that confidently. I told Harold, um, these guys are very much a band that I think I've been looking for for a while, and I just didn't know where to look, and I'm glad I found them. Um, they are a great blend of a lot of my favorite bands, from hard from the hardcore scene and um Harold just has such a a very strong voice in his music and um it really just it conveys a lot of emotions i think a lot of people are having these days just in terms of the political climate in the US and the um you know the the, the social climate as well and I feel like um, he actually he also touches on a lot of um, social issues in his music. And 
I feel like a lot of people can resonate with the emotions that come out of the music. So I would encourage everybody to go listen to As One. It's their first album, Roth's first album, first full length. Um, and I believe they're also <laughs> currently working on more stuff and they're going to be, you know, releasing stuff maybe next year or whatnot. But yeah, these guys are crazy, man. They, the work ethic is incredible. And the amount of time that they had to put this full length album together is almost daunting to think how they were able to do it. And, um, you know, I, I know it helps when you, you have audio engineers in your band and uh, producers or people with producing experience in your band, which is that's incredible that they they have those resources. Um, so I would expect nothing but good music from these guys moving forward. It's going to be awesome seeing their growth and, um, you know, seeing where their music gets them. So shout out to Rot, shout out to Errold. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And uh, for everybody listening, if you enjoy the episode, go stream the others. Um, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple uh, Podcasts. And um, yeah, definitely subscribe if you want to stay up to date with us and stay in touch. We also have at Nonsense Pod is our um, Instagram handle. And uh, I'll be putting up some content uh, likely next week with just a little bit more from this episode. Appreciate you joining me um, on this Saturday and taking time out. I know with like the time zones and all that, and also just with work, it's like tough to align and find a time where it works for everybody. Um, so yeah, really appreciate you taking like you know an hour out of your weekend, man. Uh, anytime, I'm stoked to be here. Yeah. So I just I just want to kick things off. Um, I did not expect your voice to sound like that. I expected to be like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> like I was this is one of the things I was writing down like pre-show like man how did you find out you could sing like this uh I, I don't know I've been doing music since I was like 14 so just it's been years of just digging digging in there for stuff I don't know <laughs> that's awesome man um so you guys are out of Minnesota what part of Minnesota are you out of uh, Minneapolis mostly, but, uh, we have another member that's based out of St. Paul, which is why it's twin cities. Oh, nice. That's sick, yeah. man. So do you guys find like a space to practice in between those or is it usually Minneapolis? Uh, there's a practice space out of Minneapolis that we all like go to. It's like a 24 hour lockout that we just find the time out of our busy schedules and just meet up, you know? Awesome, dude. Great. Great. Well, um, I guess we can start kicking off with like the the burning questions and um i would love to hear from you because uh i think when um mike from doc hammer mike uh i guess his last name is pronounced Mulay, um when he reached out uh and you know sent me over your music i was like i think rot has uh really filled the void that like i was looking to discover new music for a very long time i've been listening to the same music for a very long period especially since like you know quarantine happened and covid and uh, a lot of bands were you know stunted in their ability to release new music 
And I was like, Rot is, I think, what I was looking for, like, that whole time. I think you guys have um, the hard sound and, you know, just the unique uh, music structure and blend of different genres that, you know, was really, like, a breath of fresh air. Thank you. That, That means a lot. Absolutely. So I was more than happy. Like second, he sent it over and said, "Hey, you want to interview these guys?" I was like, "Absolutely, get them on. Let's <laughs> let's find a time." And I know we've been, uh, you know, playing like tag back and forth. So it's good to get you on, man. Yeah. Thank you again. Definitely. <laughs> totally. So um, just want to congratulate you on um, you know releasing the Spirit music video, and then also as one that what was about a week ago or so. Not even. I don't think right. Yeah, no, it's September 4th, so a week and a day. Oh, yeah, perfect, man. Um, so just walk me through, you know, how how did you guys decide, you know, to put together like a full-length album versus, you know, an EP? Um, you know, what was really the uh, the creative process behind all of this? And, you know, then also just putting it all together. Uh, yeah, so coming from two songs, which were uh, released in 2019, early 2019, uh, we were in plans to do an EP, which was five to six songs. And in that writing, we're just like, let's just keep going. Let's figure out um, kind of a formula for bringing more songs in that were in the same realm, like the same, uh, the same feel, same vibe Mm -hmm. and just kept going with the writing. And then when it came down to it, instead of doing six songs, we had 15 to choose from. So like, let's condense it a little bit. And (laughs) yeah. We just sat on those two songs for so long, you know, and uh, uh, just wanted to do a bigger release the second time around. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was uh, Nothing's Changed. And what was the other one that you guys released in 2019? Coming to Terms. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nothing's Changed is a hard song. I, I like how, um, you know, it doesn't follow quite like the, the usual structure that you'd expect from like a hardcore song. It, it kind of, I guess, flips it around in a little bit, which is sick. But, uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. and, and to that point, too, I noticed you guys, especially in that song, you address a lot of social issues in your music. Would you care, you know, taking a little bit deeper of a dive in that for everybody listening? Uh, yeah, I think uh, we're products of our environment. And, um, you know, it's what you see from us visually and what you hear from us visually is just all things that we've gone through personally, whether it's myself or someone else in the band. Um and just speak on what we know, what we stand for, what we believe in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think it's music's a great outlet for that because you've already captured people's attention. Um, You're, you know, using that platform to, um, you know, spread uh, spread a message around and, you know, really push forward something that uh, you believe in. Yeah, definitely want to educate people on different topics but not have it be like uh you know preachy or anything like we yeah. were doing music for ourselves at the end of the day absolutely and yeah to that point like there are little bands who will like preach like i, I know it's uh, like sharp tooth they they're pretty famous for that i guess um and i i know it's turned some people off at times and you know whatnot but um hey it's you know you you have the microphone you have the platform but um, you know, really incorporating that into your music, I think, is, is a beautiful way to really, um, you know, spread a message, even if, uh, you know, the music, it's like, you know, music's like hardcore or whatnot. Yeah, it's uh, at times it can be a little dark and gloomy, but 
However, um, I think the end product is really, you know, pushing forward um, the solution to a, you know, social issue or at least, you know, bringing it to the forefront to create awareness. Right. Small steps for a bigger change. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely, man. And um, so I really wanted to get to know a little bit about you guys, just a little bit of background. Um, You know, how did this how did Rot all start? You know, what was the. what was the general idea that you guys came together with to, um, you know, really form and push this forward? Um, yeah, we started in 2019. So right before we dropped the two singles, um, and it was, it just happened organically. Like the, uh, the process was me moving from California about two years ago and, um, living with the bass player of rut and just going into his basement and writing songs. And then, um, just finding members he's an audio engineer here so he knows just a ton of musicians like kind of pick and choose from different bands uh i know everybody in the band has other projects that they're also in so like it was just it was just cool to like find members that were one down with what we're doing and like you know uh, musically and what we stand for but like to find people that we actually like vibe with like Mm -hmm. we like to actually hang out with each other you know not just uh, musicians for hire um yeah it can't be like a just a, a business if you treat it like a business you're not gonna have any fun with <laughs> yeah yeah um and uh just finding down-to-earth people and like just writing and just traveling and stuff together you know that's great and you know to your point of just everybody getting you know vibing together that's just at, at the very base of it what i feel like makes a band successful like obviously having good music and writing good music that you know people are willing to consume and enjoy um is you know that's one half of the battle but also you hear too many stories about you know bands kind of having that like oasis syndrome where it's just they're a great band they're successful but they just don't get along and um i'm glad to hear you guys you know all are it sounds like you're all friends and it was relatively easy to put everything together. Yeah, no, definitely. The The vibe is uh, very chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So walk me through what, like, a typical, um, I guess, you know, practice or, like, creative session looks like for you guys. Uh, yeah, well, with writing and how we practice, it's it's kind of just a hangout session. Like, there's White Claws usually. Um, <laughs> there's beers. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's mostly just bouncing ideas off of each other, whether it's lyrically or guitar riffs, and it just happened with within like a year and some change of just us not only getting to know each other as people, but um, getting together as musicians and just all wanting to add their own uh, flair or their own vision into it, and just kind of building organically like that. That's cool, man. So, uh, do you solely write the lyrics, or is uh, or is it kind of collaborative? Um, me and Jake, uh, the bass player, are very much mm-hmm. like the lyric writers. But as far as musicality, it's it's kind of everybody has their foot in the uh, the pot or the tub or however you say that. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, either one of those. One of those works. I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> Oh, has their was it has their hand in the pot? I think that's what. There you yeah, go. everybody's a, a chef in the kitchen. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'd just say one of my favorite lyrics that you guys had 
was uh, off a of Technicolor yawn, where where the music stops and you like swing low, you punk ass bitch. Oh, I was, I was listening to this and I was like, I was at my uh, uh, well, I was not at work, but I was working on the laptop and I just like stopped working for a sec, kind of like push my laptop away. I'm like, oh shit, like I would throw a chair right now if I could. <laughs> throw a chair. <laughs> No, he uh that's Don from Swing Low and he he basically we sent him the instrumental cuz I don't want to if if I ever do something with a guest vocalist or like a feature or whatever I don't want them to be stifled like I don't want to write their part, you know what I mean? I want to like create a freedom, do what you want here and he he hit us with a text that was like, "Can I say Swing Low you mark ass bitch here?" and I was like, "Yeah, like no hesitation, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> do do whatever represents you the most and that's yeah, I just cannot say it. I love it. So, so what was it? Wasn't punk ass bitch? It was what? Mark ass bitch. Mark ass bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard as fuck. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I was like, man, if we had shows right now, uh, they'd need to call the cops every time that that song comes on. <laughs> oh, I love that. Like you could only end on that because like so many people would just be punching each other in the face. Oh. <laughs> that abrupt stop just yeah love it yeah so i wanted to know and this is always a very difficult question i know as a musician people ask this all the time but if you could pick you know maybe like one to three songs off of this album like what what were your favorites when you were you know writing them and what made you go oh like you know this one's this is it like this is has to be my favorite off of the album um I think everybody has different songs that they in, enjoy uh, or love or they're the favorite or whatever. But um, three for me that stand out or Exhaust, which is the second song on the LP. Um, Mike, Michael actually wrote uh, the entire song right before we went to a weekend run in North Dakota. Um, just like we were getting everything ready. He's like, let me plug in the guitar really quick. And, it ended up being one of my favorites because it was like all Michael, like no, yeah. no one else was like helping. It was just like, yo, I have this idea. We're about to leave. And I just want to hammer this in really quick. And um, even during him recording the guitars and like writing it out as we're packing up the van, like uh, I was like, man, I'd love to do some, some like fast stuff here, like lyrically. And everyone was just like, yeah, bouncing off ideas. And we're like, but we have to go. Um, <laughs> we have to go play these shows. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, was, it just that one was probably my favorite like writing and musical like songs for sure um another one's probably empty hope just because it's lyrically very personal to me and it was kind of the oddball out of the songs like there's clean singing there's um more melodic like chords uh it, it, it was one that was like, should we release this? And then it was kind of like, well, we're not writing for other people. Let's just do it. Like, yeah. um, so that's another one. Um, and then obviously the Technicolor Yawn because Don's on it and this is hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how about, how about this? What I was thinking, you know, what your favorite song is. That's a pretty weak question on my behalf. <laughs> what is your favorite song to play live? Ooh. Because I'm assuming when you guys were, uh, you know, playing live shows, you probably didn't have the full album ready just yet. Right. So when we dropped the two singles, it was like, let's write music so we can start playing shows and whatnot. And 
some of those songs, like As One was the first one from the LP that we actually wrote after the two singles. Um, so like, and that was with the structure, the lyrics and everything else. Um, so there are songs that we were playing live that didn't get released, obviously. And there were songs that we were just trying to, you know, feel out. Um, but as far as since we've played, I think Daggers is my favorite. I just love how fast it is. And I love the ending, just the, uh, I don't know. It's, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all. It like boils down to too. There's just some songs that are, they're you know more fun to play live, and yeah. you know whether it be technically or just uh, melodically, it's you know some songs just hit different. Exactly. Now, this was this is another question I had. Um, as I was just, I I got a little curious today, I should say, and then I was just wondering what kind of oddball questions i could ask you um so to the point about like most you know fun songs to sing for you um do you ever end up singing your songs in the shower um not for this band (laughs) there's no there's no like uh there's not other than empty hope there's not a lot of like melodic Mm -hmm. things to sing like no melodies um And I'm definitely not screaming in the shower because me and my girlfriend <laughs> live in an apartment, and that I don't want my neighbors to hear Someone's yelling down there. Yeah. It's probably, you know, it's, yeah. No. This is my creative process. Just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm practicing for when shows happen again, guys. Yeah, um, yeah, so. yeah. Bear with me for a second. Yeah. No, definitely not. <laughs> throwing elbows in the shower. Oh, yes. Little holes in the drywall. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I'm a creative at heart. You can't stop me. You just gotta let the process go. I'm flowing right now. I'm flowing right now. <laughs> can't stop this. Yeah. So yeah, it sounds like, and to your point, you you do sing on the album too, which is very admirable. Um, have you ever been in a band where you were in a situation where you weren't necessarily, you know, singing in a hardcore manner, but you were actually just, you know, singing? Oh uh, yeah, my previous project uh before i moved here uh it's called silencer it's in based in california it's slncr and they it was i'm the i was the vocalist and it was like singing choruses and it was more metalcore based so there was like the the harder edge but then there was also singing and we had like uh two eps drop and there's singing on both it's not something that i'm not not comfortable doing live it's just um with this project it was just let's just try and be as um traditional as as we can and then that's where the oddball came in with empty hope it's like should we do that like if we are trying to be more traditional like so uh, that's where that is do you ever feel any pressure you know being a hardcore band to i don't want to use the word conform i don't think that's fair but um you know more so shape your music around um you know just the the traditional sense of hardcore that's where i was having the issue when we were writing because we only releasing two songs we we didn't have like a box that we were putting ourselves in and i think that pressure maybe made me think differently during the writing process but at the end of it like like i said we're not writing for other people like if we want to add something that's heavy or completely one direction from the beginning of a song or the ending of a song like we're just going to do what feels as natural as, as possible. Yeah, because 
you know, if you're listening, let's say I'll just pull a name out like like Terror. There's no doubt that they are fucking hardcore. Like that is that is hardcore textbook. Yeah. You, op- you open up uh, Merriam-Webster dictionary, look up hardcore. Like their photo of them right there. And yeah. now that you say that you were in a metalcore band, I'm like, I hear that too. Is that you did have some riffs where I was like, oh, like that. That's very, you know, like thrash, and that's very like there are certain elements there that you know, um, wouldn't have existed if you were just basically straight textbook hardcore. So I think that was really where I found um, that your music was, you know, unique is that you guys, you know, you you send a line out, say, I'll use a fishing example. You send a line out, it's like, this is hardcore. But once you get us, you're like, oh, we also have other elements that we're talented musicians, so we can fucking do whatever we want. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. Yeah, it's just, a band isn't just one person's idea. And I think that's hard to um, grasp sometimes, like, especially when you're writing with, you know, four other dudes, like a bunch of cooks in the kitchen, like everybody wants their, um, a band is a collective of people's like ideas and whatnot. And uh, just every, like Michael is in a like gent band here and, and Tyler, the other guitar player is in a melodic, hardcore band where it's like chords and just shredding like and the drummers and you know different projects it's like why wouldn't we take from each person yeah Yeah. totally i totally agree with that and um you know when you guys were forming and you were deciding you know more i don't know if this is how it actually ended up fleshing out but um did you guys have any bands in mind that you were like we definitely want to um, incorporate some of the elements of these bands? No, I, I think it was like we listen, everybody listens to different types of music. And I think it was just like, you know, me and Jake wrote the two singles in the beginning. And then it was like getting everybody else's, I, I don't, we didn't have like a, we're gonna, we wanna do this, we wanna sound mm-hmm. like this. It was just, let's play fast music. Like it, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> No, that, that's cool. Um, you know, and I know some bands kind of form around like, let's sound, you know, like this band, let's sound like this band. And um, leaving it open is, is uh, I, I think it's a, it's a good way to interpret it. it. Like, obviously, you it sounds like you pulled in a lot of people from, you know, within this larger genre of, you know, metal and like hardcore. So it's not really much of a surprise when you guys end up, you know, playing that at practice. Okay. Somebody's like, they're not going to come by and be like, you know, I have a three chord riff that sounds like Green Day. I don't want to, you know, bring this to the band. <laughs> you know what you're going to get. Chords, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, man. So I, I think, um, you know, that's a great way to, you know, f- or it's a great premise to form a band on is just, you know, leaving it open to interpretation. Um, but having enough faith in everybody that, like, you guys will produce something that is, you know, coherent and you can put together, like, especially an album, too. Um, it seems like you guys you know, put that together relatively quickly. What, you guys have only been around for about a, a year or so? Yeah, it didn't feel like it was quick. Actually, I think it's been, uh, we formed the band when I moved here uh, 2018 in August or 19, I don't even remember anymore. 18, that's what it was. Thank you, babe. Um, and uh, <laughs> like just having those two songs released and then having that large period of time, like, uh, 
don't know. We, we just kind of vibed and released it bigger than we wanted to in the beginning. No, I, I definitely respect that. That's um, it's cool too, because especially like putting together a full length album, it's not you know people only see if you're if you're not a musician you probably wouldn't understand you don't see like everything that goes on in the background like you know uh, taking a year to write an album like it's actually not a lot of time because not only do you have to write those songs put them down somewhere and have them like you know somewhere saved that you can reference it like even things such as demoing or writing it down um, or even just, you know, printing it out on a sheet. But then there's also the whole aspect of, like, you got to record this. And right. fuck, does that take a long time? I think the, the benefit of having Jake being uh, an audio engineer and producer here, like, we were able to just demo out songs as we were, you know, uh, b- bouncing ideas off of each other. And to have them just be in a place that we can all go to or we can all send each other riffs via the internet, you know? Um, it's it, it was very helpful like technology is very yeah. uh, very cool now <laughs> <laughs> so did jake have like did he have a big part in the um you know the final recordings of that the masters or um was it more so just the demo aspect uh the everything um he's he tracked and engineered everything and then mixed and mastered everything <laughs> that's great <laughs> so like we all wrote it as a collective but he like had the you know the the touching of the you know the, had his hand in everything and then also had the final product delivered so that's amazing to have somebody like that <laughs> band yeah it's been real i don't know how we would have been able to demo because like when you demo something out and it sounds terrible it's hard to want to go back and listen to it and then build off of it yeah, I well, agree. Having him, yeah, having him be like, all right, let's get it to uh, not polished sound, but let's get it to where we can actually want to hear it. Um, I think that was very helpful to like want to reference tracks. Yeah, it's to your point about, uh, you know, creating bad demos. Like, I've done that where I'm like, I know this could be a good song. I know it could be. <laughs> but it sounds like shit when I recorded it. Like, this is my, I think... Um, that was kind of my, my quarantine passion project was I, I first started recording my own stuff this year. It used to be as bad as like me using my phone and like recording and then trying to mash everything together on like the, uh, the iPhone app for garage uh, band. Yeah. yeah. And that didn't cut it. <laughs> um, then this year I finally got like one of those little focus rights and you can record. I finally got this bad boy, the laptop. But my first recording, um, I don't know if you ever heard the term like clipping for recording, yeah. where you're basically, yeah, the first one, all the guys, like when I sent it to them, they were like, first of all, I think you broke my iPhone speakers. Oh, and second of all, <laughs> like, turn it the fuck down. Turn yeah. everything down. <laughs> yeah. No, the, uh, yeah, just clipping is terrible. But having a, a song, like, it's hard to see the vision, you know, like, you can see it because you're writing it, but like to show it to other people and be like, yo, this is, this is an idea that I have. Like, what do you guys think? And for it to not sound cohesive or good, like it's, it's kind of makes you be like, I don't know. Maybe maybe we could try harder. And it's like, wow. It's like tough to listen to if it's like a bad demo, but you're like, it's got good bones, but you know, it's, it just, 
the actual expression of it didn't come out how I wanted it to. Yeah. And this year was actually, for me, if I could uh, take the limelight for a second, was the first time I had actually been formally, I think, um, you know, introduced into like the whole recording, um, you know, aspect of music. Because I'd been in bands before and I was like kind of in the background on recording. But like this is the first time like we drove out to Rhode Island. We're from New York, so we drove out to Rhode Island, you know, stayed overnight in the studio. And like our friend uh, Chris Paquette of No Boundary Studios great guy um you know like basically walked us through the ropes of it or walked me through the ropes of it because i was just curious about it and um it was so sick to hear like what we had just recorded on like logic pro at my friend's house Mm -hmm. and then hear that like played out and um you know restructured and put together in a way that was just you know that can be way more successful than the original and that was like I think everybody's first time with that. It was it was shocking because I heard my bass. Uh, you know, I'm a bass player. I heard my bass. I said, "That's not me." I was like, "That's that's not me playing." He's like, "No, that's what you recorded. It just sounds better because you're not recording it through an iPhone." Yeah. I, I was like, "Dude, why'd you like? Why'd you program the bass?" He's like, "I didn't program the bass. You were just playing to a click one, so you you were on beat for the first time in your life, mm-hmm. and two, <laughs> two, it was recorded through a a Kemper, so like." I can make it sound whatever you want it to be. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah, characters are sick. No, even even doing like personal demos and then hearing it on studio monitors rather than, you know, yes. a laptop speaker, like it's just it's there's no comparison. Uh, he was our uh yeah, Chris was uh the guy we recorded, you know, mastered and everything. He was so funny. He's like, Come here, let me show you something. He's like, All right, so stand right here and like that's right where the, the monitors are. They're, they're it it sounded back. like it was coming from the heavens. And oh, like, yeah. God. And then he's like, now step back. And then it's like, you know, the sound changed. And I was like, whoa. He's like, yeah. He's like, these are, I don't know how much he said the speakers cost, but he's like, that's what you're paying for. <laughs> that's so sick. D- does Jake have like a uh, studio set up? Is that how it's? He's a, He's got a basement studio set up and like another room for like vocals. And we track drums at our practice space. It's very very hybrid um but yeah it, he's got a sweet setup i don't remember what uh studio monitors he has but uh i know he also has like a sub and it's just it's when you hear music in there and you go to like your car it's like man I don't want to <laughs> and like then you play it through your phone and like after, <laughs> after you've heard it through studio monitors everything else i just become like a total like snob about it i'm like Oh, the the high end on my iPhone isn't isn't good enough. Yeah, like the low end, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what am I saying? I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> the high pass on my iPhone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where'd my low end go? <laughs> like I'm expecting, you know, the <laughs> this little yeah. phone with speakers this big to produce at the rate that. <laughs> but um, I think being in the studio for the first time is is always an experience and and now that you guys have somebody under your belt who's within the band internally and you know cares as much as you know you guys do about how it's going to sound it's definitely reflected in the music i could definitely hear that you know somebody took the time to make sure you guys sounded good yay thank you thank you to jake (laughs) yeah shout out to jake yeah he was uh i was actually i think talking to him uh before about this but I'm, I'm glad i got you on too because um i've always 
had an interest in speaking to the lead singer because you guys always have a unique perspective in that you can step away and you know observe the music from the outside so you also get to see you know you're also probably one of the most involved in the creative process and you know just going back to like you know how you write your lyrics and all that is always interesting to me because i know person to person it changes um and i've asked this actually on a few of our past interviews so i was curious to see if you had any thoughts on it um so when you're writing your lyrics, do you usually start with, I guess, a theme in mind or a subject in mind, or do you start with the actual words themselves, if it's like a phrase that comes to mind? For me personally, it's both. Um, sometimes it'll just be like break out the iPhone into the notepad or something, or I'll send like Jake a text randomly, which is very weird. Um, just to, <laughs> like either a line or like, yo, I want to talk about this. And, um, yeah, I just do both. Nice. There are some times where I'm like, like with the previous projects I was in, it would be like, all right, let's start with the hook and figure out what I want to talk about and then build a chorus and then kind of piece it, you know, backwards a little bit. But with this project, it was very like subject matter or a line to deal with the subject. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Where do you... You know, when the, you do get the inspiration to write these songs, like, where are you typically? Is it, like, on your morning walk or, you know, just hanging around the house? Like, when does inspiration hit you? Um, uh, inspiration hits me when I'm, like, either... I don't know. I, I've never been, like, a, I'm going to write a happy song. Like, yeah. I, I, for when I hear happy music, sometimes it just feels very disingenuous. Like, I, is it is it this person faking it? Like, I don't know. I have trust mm -hmm. issues with that. But um, for me, writing, it's like when I'm either down in the dumps or, like, just having a shit day or, like, you know, something's going on that I'm just, like, very either passionately aggressive about or something and i'm just like all right let me let me figure out how to like word how i'm feeling you know? yeah yeah so as an emotional attachment oh yeah definitely that's great i mean they say the best music comes from the heart but um i also agree that you know when especially anger is such an interesting emotion and you know obviously a lot of like hardcore is driven by that i mean if you listen to like the hardcore from the 80s it was all like we're a youth crew and we're we're sticking together. We're brothers. Yeah. yeah. But now it's, um, I think it's interesting. I'm going to get really deep into this, a uh, little, little into the weeds, but I think with the amount of exposure that a lot of, um, you know, certain social issues have, or just, you know, from the general, like if you're watching the news, it's a lot to take in. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. And um, I feel like, it has definitely played into the music that's that's coming out these days. Um, is that people are a little bit more, I think, conscious or you know, more aware of what's going on because of uh, the amount of media that's out there these right. days. And do you ever find that you know you're just, I don't know, you see some sort of news or whatever, and you're just like, I I need to say something about this. Um, so sometimes I think the. Uh the general idea is the world is not in a good place right now, not even just here, but everywhere. And um, it's hard to not have 
the art that you create reflect that, you know, um, which is also why it's like happy lyrics to me aren't like something that I'm like attracted to or like yeah. love writing about just because it's like the world's so bad. Like, why wouldn't you want to talk about it? Why wouldn't you want to use your platform or your voice to talk about issues that could spark either conversations or spread awareness on something like that's, that's I think that's what I love about hardcore music the most like it's other other brands and other genres are doing it um mm -hmm. as far as like speaking about what they believe in and stuff but i feel like hardcore even from the 80s and, and and on like it's been very um we're passionate about this we're gonna talk about it either you're gonna like it or you're not <laughs> yeah gonna, still gonna do it and i i very much fuck with that I think one of the the most interesting subgenres of hardcore is uh, you know straight edge hardcore, yeah. and I I love it. I'm not straight edge myself. I was for like a little bit, but uh, you know, kind of I guess you know grew out of it a little bit. Not necessarily grew out of it. I think I think it's a great um, lifestyle. I just think you know it wasn't for me, but um, I sold out. <laughs> no. Um, okay, edge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah. I am <laughs> I'm a soft, blunt edge, uh, and but I think it's. I love the genre. I think it's it's great because it's a lot of it's about self improvement and it's really under. But it's under like a you know a heavy tone. It's heavy music, but it's about really like making sure you're a better person. It's not you know always pushy like don't do drugs like. Right. <laughs> but um, it's. It's fascinating because it identifies issues and it identifies problems and it could even be something, um, you know, as as touchy of a subject as like mental health. Mm -hmm. you know? But then there's the the whole you know PMA movement. Right. And, um, hardcore has always stepped up to address those issues. Hundred percent. Yeah. Especially with uh, like I have a ton of straight edge friends and I'm just like I respect the hell out of you guys because it's not like they're pushing their their agenda or what, what they believe in on other people they're just like yo i don't want to put toxins in my body like i want to have a clear mental health throughout my entire day throughout my life i want to enjoy things on and i'm like wow i respect that i'm gonna go grab a beer but i definitely respect <laughs> yeah. that yeah yeah hold that thought hold that thought. go into the fridge i'll yeah. be right back yeah it's just cool that like not only within this realm of music but like the, the beliefs and stuff like it that's not it's never a you know unless you're being a piece of shit it's never like a this is what it is and fuck you like i don't know some bands are definitely like that but i i think it's more especially with midwest hardcore it's very like um open and like people are people can be involved but just don't be a piece of, sh piece of shit and it'll be fine yeah yeah. Uh, speaking of Midwest hardcore, one of my friends, um, we just we actually just filmed the music video for my band. Um, what makes sense? And um, Brandon Lane, who was our uh, photographer and videographer, just put me on to uh, Inclination, and yeah. they're a great Midwest hardcore band. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> I th was it that? Yeah, yeah, it was them. Yeah, sorry, but yeah, I, I remember they had some pretty sick T-shirts. It was like midwest straight edge and i'm like oh that goes hard <laughs> straight edge, that is hard yeah and um but i think at the at the very you know it, once you get down like you know deep enough for hardcore i think um the general theme is that we can all be better people like you can be a good person like it it's a 
it's expressed in many different ways in hardcore. One, it could be like, you know, like support your brothers, like be, you know, be cool to each other. Or it's like, you know, there's also the bands that are like, you're a fucking piece of shit. But it's like, hey, it's all saying the same thing. Like, you can be a better person. We can, we can do better. Yeah, um, everybody you know, can do better. <laughs> yeah, if you're addressing like, you know, a social issue, there's something wrong. We can do better. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think that's why a lot of people gravitate towards it. Obviously, also hardcore is just a great outlet. I think just for um, you know getting any sort of uh, intense emotions out. Right. Definitely, yeah. 100% believe that. So, I, what I'm wondering is, um, what attracted you to this genre in the first place? Um, I grew up playing punk music and uh, just went to a show and saw people like swinging their arms and then like the heavy just breakdowns, but still had that punk vibe where it was like circle pits and stuff. And it was like, how do I, how do I figure out like what this is and then one of my buddies was just like yeah this is hardcore like this yeah. is this isn't punk like <laughs> and i was like what and just just kind of hopped in after that like not only was it like the the relative um phrasing and stuff like that from punk or it was like fast music um it, i don't know it's just so sick to see live and then it was sick to start learning how to play like just to feel out how the music was being written and not just jam a bunch of notes in the minute songs that you write like it was <laughs> based on feel and like um should we go into the next part and it was just really organic to like fall into that nice who was the first hardcore band you saw um so i lived in california so i think it was like a local opener and i believe it was either terror from orange county or it was like very young stick to your guns or something but i think it was a mixed show i think it was either stick to your guns was playing and like lower definition at the time was was going and like a bunch of local openers and i just remember being like who like who everyone's jumping towards the microphone like what is this and um, but they still had the gallops of like like punk music, and I was I don't know I very much like one of my favorite bands too is Stick to Your Gun, so it's just like why how do I get involved in this? <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing um, they're from definitely a different generation of hardcore, but Slapshot and Slapshot. Um, yeah, out of Boston, and I was like, damn, like they're they're also I think in their like forties or fifties now, yeah. and. That guy's a wild man. Um, whatever I forgot the lead singer's name, but yeah, he, I was like, dude, I've never seen anybody like go this hard. Because <laughs> they, they were opening it up for like the Dropkick Murphys, which are you know great, great punk band, great Irish punk band, but um, you know not hardcore. Like they do have some songs that kind of have that that pickup, but I was like, whoa, like who are these guys? <laughs> Definitely like the eyeballs of the lineup for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely, uh, yeah, the the black sheep of it because I was like, this doesn't fit in, but I love it. And yeah. Because it, it also made a lot of people uncomfortable there because it was like a, I think um the Dropkick Murphys like St. Patty's Day show, which is just you know universally like if you live in Boston like that's something you do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know it's it's the same as going to a red sox game there or whatnot so um so it was great because like a lot of people didn't know what the fuck was going on because they're there because they know like 
I'm shipping up to Boston. And they did not expect to be caught in a circle pit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially with, like, drinking and shit happening. Oh, yeah. It was mayhem. And people were like, because I think they were the openers or something. So, yeah, they may have actually opened the show. So a lot of people, like, sitting around, like, what do I do? Like, do I... <laughs> Do I start moshing now? Like, it's the opener. Like, that's that's kind of taboo, right? Right. I'm like, open this fucking pit up. <laughs> Hit someone in the face. Oh, yeah. can I put my drink down? There is, yeah, not nearly enough blood on the floor right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you now, um, now that we've we touched on, you know, like who you're, you know, stick to your guns. We, uh, you know, you, you addressed that they were, you know, one of your favorite bands. So how about this? What is like the wildest show you've been to where you're like, this is almost over the top? I have no idea. There, uh, It's not like I'm like a, a show person where I'm like, I have to oh, go okay. to every show. But like, I think the the last thing was the festival that was here, the uh, um, Snow and Flurry, which was like a two-day hardcore event with different bands from... Um, like a lot of Midwest bands, but a lot of bands based out of everywhere just came in when it was snowing and it was just insane. I think there was one time when there was like a cone in the pit, like just <laughs> thrown around. I'm like, I'm going to stand in the back because I have my camera, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that was probably the closest memory I have of like just it being insane. Cause it was two days and there was like people staying in different hotels to like be at this event or crashing at friends' houses and stuff like that. Um, so it was obviously before COVID had happened, uh, and it was just, it was wild. I don't know if you ever watched the, um, what's it, the hate, hate five, six, uh, yeah. videos, but there's one in particular that stands out to me and it's, um, harm's way. And there's like, it's like at minute 19 or something like that. I saw a dude run from the back, like get, get on stage and then just shoot himself off into like the left corner where just people were standing in the side. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, dude. I need to go see a show like this. Like that, yeah. that is wild. He had no concern for his well being or anybody else's. <laughs> this just dude, was, my body off of yeah. yeah. I was like, this guy, he probably just like works a regular job too, but like, this is his day. Like, this yeah. is his one day to his... lose his fucking mind. Yeah. And that, that's what, like, hardcore isn't just for the people playing the music. It's for the the, the audience. It's, like, you you want to hurt someone when you're hearing a breakdown. Like, that's just common, like, <laughs> and people who don't like hardcore music are like, why is he yelling? Like, uh, they'll, they'll hear it and they'll be, like, they'll be uncomfortable. And in that, there's, like, those moments where it's just, like, let's go. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. You, like, level up. It's like yeah, that, uh, that mushroom from uh, yeah from from Mario. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, um, we are coming up on time. So what I usually like to do at the end of every episode is have you do some shout outs of you know either uh, bands you've played with or bands you're listening to. You know anything that you would want the listeners to uh, you know check out. And then finally, after that, just for a little fun, we do a beer of the week, and you can just shout out you know your favorite beer. <laughs> Sick. All right. Um, as far as shoutouts go, um, two bands from North Dakota that I really enjoy, and one of them is on the uh, the record. It's uh, Swing Low, which is also my drummer Alex's other band. 
Um, they're very sick if you haven't heard of them yet. Maul is like a death metal, deathcore band. Like they're just insane riffage. Like vocals are just beautiful. Um, Gadget, which is you know based out of Midwest, um, Midwest hardcore. Um, I, I wish I was prepared for this because there's so many, and I don't want to <laughs> like not leave people in. Yeah, your friends are gonna listen. Be like, dude, why didn't you shout us out? What's wrong? Dude, you had this opportunity. What did you? You blew it. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then if you're like needing a breath of fresh air, that's not just hardcore or heavy music. Uh, one of my friends, Colleen's band, is Thank You, I'm Sorry, um, and they just dropped a record a um, couple weeks ago. I I wouldn't be able to tell you. Like, I want to get a list and compile it. I'll yeah. probably email you after or something. Um, and then beer of the week. I moved here two years ago, and there's this beer in Wisconsin that's not, like, amazing. But, like, every time you go to Wisconsin, like, me and my girlfriend, go like, grab a case of it um, just when we're coming back because you can't buy it here. It's called New Glarus, and it's called Spotted Cow. And she was the one who, like, turned me on to it. And it's... It's not, like I said, it's not, like, amazing beer, but it's, like, it's the stable. It's, like, what we do. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's yeah, we get, like, a 24-pack, and we just drink it in, like, a couple of days, so it's really good. <laughs> the world needs more 24-packs. More 24-packs of just yeah. beer that will sit in your stomach. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, man, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing the bands that you listen to too. Um, I usually like to go after this and, and check them out. I think eventually I might put a playlist together for the nonsense podcast and just, you know, have bands that I've had on and, um, you know, all the other suggestions as well. My girlfriend's been pretty much doing that. So I might have to ask if I can steal one of her playlists. Nice. Hop <laughs> onto that playlist. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, dude, it was great talking to you and great talking to the, you know, the voice behind rot. Um, the second I heard you guys, I was like, I, I need to, you know, learn more about this. And um, I see a lot of success in your future. I think you guys are going to be super successful once shows open up and you can go tour. Hopefully you guys make it out uh, to New York, to the East Coast and, you know, let us know. Um, you have my phone number. So, yes, <laughs> let us know if you're ever stopping by, dude. We always got we got a place for you guys to stay and oh. um, yeah, <laughs> hot food or whatever, cold beer. <laughs> Hell yeah, love that. Well, thank you for that. I definitely appreciate it. And when shows happen, that is the that is the move for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, dude, best of luck, and um, you know, hopefully we can uh, stay in touch. And can't wait to see what you know what's in store for Rot. Thank you. I definitely appreciate being here and just uh, talking your ear off, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> Sweet. So, uh, yeah, enjoy your weekend, man. You too. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. You too. Wait. <laughs>